The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. Today, we are, um, whenever we get the opportunity of sharing a single Standalone salmon, if you will, because <laughs> we are not in the middle of any series, you know. Um, uh, I, I communicate what, which is what I do even in the series, but in the single series, particularly, what is burdening to me, what I, what, what God is impressed upon my heart and has been, I've been wrestling with God about if you will, and, and maybe something that's bothering me about, about the church, about, about, about life, about Christians. I mean, and the, the last time was sometime in July when we, we talked on favor. I don't know if you remember that teaching on favor. If you missed it, please get the, um, the teaching. And, and today, it, it's like part two of that, but it's a question this morning. And the question is, are you worthy? Are you worthy? I mean, it's, it's a question that sometimes we, we, we don't bother asking because many times we approach God with an attitude of unworthiness, and rightly so, because by ourselves we are, we are unworthy. You know, the best of us, the best of our righteous acts is like filthy rags before God. Isaiah 64 verse 6 says, we all are infected and impure. We are infected people. When we display our righteous deeds, they are nothing but filthy rags before God. However, because of this fact, Jesus came and in 2 Corinthians 5.21, Jesus became sin. So that we can become the righteousness of God. Jesus did not just take away sin. He became sin. So that we can take on his righteousness. So in Christ, we take on his righteousness. But if we don't appreciate Isaiah 64 verse 6, we will not embrace 2 Corinthians 5.21. If we don't appreciate the fact that all our righteousness has filled the rags before God, we will not appreciate the fact that somebody became sin for us. If we think we are good people, we won't have a need of a savior. And increasingly, the world is beginning to say things like, we are just human, we make mistakes. So people don't call sin, sin anymore. People say mistakes. So, so mistakes, okay, we are all human, we make mistakes, okay, and I will improve. So there is really no need for the, the cleansing power of the blood that delivers from sin. Jesus did not die for your mistakes. You and I, we were dead in sin. Dead in sin. Jesus did not die to make you a better person. Jesus died to bring you to life. Jesus died not to correct your mistakes, 
but to forgive your sins. So it is important that we realize that. So we approach God. Unfortunately, many times, like the prodigal son, a bit accurate in some instances. In Luke 15, 19, that says, I'm no, I'm no longer worthy to be your son. So, we, 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 worthiness is not something that, that Christians embrace or talk about these days. But God wants us to be confident that we are worthy to stand before him in Christ. So, we should not lose sight of that privilege. So we don't begin to be arrogant. It should lead to gratitude. To gratitude. Paul, if somebody understood favor, grace, privilege, is Paul. And Paul never lost sight of the fact that he was a man unworthy outside of Christ. In, in, in 1 Corinthians 15, 9, 1 Corinthians 15, 9, Paul speaking, he says, for I am the least of the apostles. In fact, I am not even worthy. Everybody say worthy. I'm not even worthy to be called an apostle. After the way I persecuted church, but I am an apostle. So he embraced his identity, his new identity in Christ, but he's not losing sight of where he's coming from. So he's grateful to God. And that's what God wants us to be. So, God saves us through the blood of Jesus and we stand blameless before him. However, God also wants to make us like Christ. So, we stand with the righteousness of Christ, but God is not, uh, what's the word, finished yet. <laughs> he wants to make us to be like Christ. He wants us to behave, to have the authority that Christ had, to have the image, the character, the person, as it were, that Christ is. And, in, in, and so, so God takes us through a process. God takes us, so life happens, and we don't know that God is passing us through a process. And sometimes the process is hard. Sometimes it's excruciating. The pain is excruciating. Sometimes we, we feel God has abandoned us. We learned last week in the fantastic message of military training. Were you here last week? Fantastic. So we learned that we are going through training. God is training us. We're going through training. And so don't despair when you are going through training. God wants to make you like Christ. In fact, from last week we learned that God's promotion is not by favoritism. God's promotion is by attainment. And you see, if you understand this issue of attainment and being worthy, your Christian work goes to another level. You leave the kindergarten stuff. You begin to, like, university A-level stuff. Promotion in God's kingdom is largely by attainment. It is not by favoritism. God is not, um, 
a respecter of persons. So the, the question is, are you worthy? Are you qualified? Are you capable? Are you fit? Are you competent? What you are trusting God for, the next level you are believing God for, are you worthy? Are you competent? Are you fit? The truth is that heaven only entrusts great things to people who are worthy. Check. Heaven only entrusts great things to people who are worthy. God is not prodigal with his resources. And unfortunately, the church, quote-unquote, is, is churning out people that are largely unworthy. They're unworthy. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Sometimes you see people, they have big titles. But when you look at their lives, you're like, is, is this really a Christian? Unworthy. But you are going to be worthy. In the mighty name of Jesus, say amen. Well, So people sit around waiting for breakthroughs. Every time you are waiting for breakthroughs, meanwhile, your breakthrough is waiting for you. People are waiting for favors. Your favor is waiting for you. People are waiting for open doors. God wants you to get up and break down the door. If you knock it, it doesn't get open, break it down. Praise the name of the Lord. And it's so important because there is a price to pay. There is a price to pay. That preferred future that you have, that future you've envisioned for yourself, the one God has told you about, there is a price tag on it. Any future that you are not able to pay for, you are not able to attain. Any future that you cannot pay for, you cannot attain. If you can pay the price, you can have it. God is not a respecter of persons. If you can pay the price, you can have it. And I'm saying to you this morning, pay the price. Become worthy. Roll up your sleeves. Get on your knees. Pay the price. Pay the price. Receive the receipts. Receive the certificate. Get the certification. <laughs> like we learned last week also. Many of us will not show up at a university when you have a child that has not even finished primary school. And the child has not even as not even doesn't have school cert certificate. Many of us, not many people, except something, something's wrong with our parents, we show up in a university and say that they must admit your child because his name is Favor. Favor is my name. Favor is my name. Don't you understand? We are anointed for favor. This child is taking me in the university. Does that happen? Any parent that does that, what, what would they do to the parent? So how come we expect that from life? We don't get past a level, but we want... You don't, you don't get past... You're still in primary school, but, but, but you want to hang out with university students. Oh, really? You can hang out. They can take you on excursion. It will only be excursion. After that, you will go back to... You have to be worthy. Don't be... Again, it is sad to come across Christians that think that they don't need to prove their worth. God wants you to be worthy. You're saying, Papa, so I'm favored. Yes, you are favored. But are you worthy? 
You are favored, but are you worthy? The fact that God has called you is not enough. You know, many times because we, we are so consumed with the fact that God has called us. God may have called you to ministry. That some people, yeah, God has called you to ministry. For some people, it's to business. For some people, it's a professional life. For some people, you know, whatever God has called you into, it is not enough. Your call is not enough. I'll show you in the scriptures. If you see, open to um, 2 Peter 1.10. Peter was telling the church this truth. It says, wherefore the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. In other words, your calling and election is not sure. They're not sure. Your calling is not sure. Everybody's calling is on shaky grounds. That's why people never fulfill their destinies. The fact that God has a destiny for you doesn't mean you will fulfill it. Your calling is not sure. Wow. So how do you make it sure? You pay the price. You give diligence. You pay the price. Now, when you do these things, it says, you will never fail. When you do these things, I'm telling you, 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 be, you, you become a standard that everybody else tries to measure up to. You never fail. So pastor, you mean it's possible to be favored and not be worthy? Yes, exactly. You are just getting the message. It is possible. God doesn't just want you to be favored. God wants to be worthy. You are favored. Are you worthy? There's a brilliant story that Jesus used to communicate these same facts in Matthew 22. Jesus was telling the story in Matthew 22. Jesus said that there was a king that threw a party and invited people to his party. And, and he, he, the king obviously represented God. And Jesus said, everybody that was invited to the party gave an excuse. One said, I just married a wife. I need to test my wife. Another person said, I just bought an oxen. I need to, to walk the oxen. Another person said, I, I just um, bought a field. I need to... Um, all sorts of excuses. And nobody came to the party. Now, the king now threw open the invitation. I said, call everybody on the streets. Go to the corners. My party will be attended. My house will be full. Now, you would think he's a king that is trying to save himself from reproach, right? But if you read the story, you will see what Jesus was trying to say. If you catch up on, in verse 11 of, of, of that scripture, Matthew 22, it says, But when the king came to meet with the guests, he noticed a man who wasn't wearing proper clothes for a wedding. And he said, Friend, he asked, how is it that you, were, you are here without wedding clothes? And the man had no reply. You know what could have been going on in the man's mind? You are asking me, why am I here without clothes? Are you not the one that begged me to come to this party? If you don't show up, your party will be a flop. The man must have thought, am I not doing you a favor by being here in the first place? But listen to what the king said. Then the king said to his aides, bind his hands and feet and throw him into outer darkness where there will be, I mean, isn't that hard? When I read this scripture, I wrestled with this. What has he done? Where there will be gnashing of teeth for many are called but few are chosen. Your call is a function of favor. 
Being chosen is a function of being worthy. If you are called, it's because you are favored. But if you are chosen, it's because you are worthy. And many are called, but few are chosen. May you be part of the chosen. In the name of Jesus. May you be worthy. It is not enough to be called. No, 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 no. Yes, you are favored, but are you worthy? Are you worthy? When you are worthy, the things of God prospers in your hands. When you are worthy, your destiny, you, you are able to lay hold of your destiny. When you are worthy, you are able to be a pride and joy of your father. When you are worthy. Elijah was worthy. He served Elijah. He took the mantle of Elijah. He got to Jordan. He met a difficult place. And he smote Jordan. Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And Jordan parted. Elisha was worthy. Elisha had somebody else that was serving him. Gehazi. Elisha had double of what Elijah gave him. Or had, rather. And he gave that same mantle to Gehazi. And Gehazi went and struck. Where is the Lord God of Elisha? And nothing happened. Because Gehazi was not worthy. There's nothing wrong with the mantle. There's everything wrong with the people. Thank God for Amaka's testimony. She said that she took the anointing oil and she said that we just did from death to life. If what this man has been saying, you gave him, where is the Lord God of February? That's not that strange. Where is his God? But that's not the point. The point is this. She stood and the baby, boom, came back to life. Praise the name of the Lord. The point is this. Someone that is not worthy, if you like, bath in anointing oil. The problem is worthiness. Everybody say worthy. God wants you to be worthy. Your desired next level are you worthy? You will be worthy in Jesus' name. Yeah. Are you paying the price? I pray you pay the price in Jesus' name. Yeah. My sister, before you marry that man, ask yourself one question. Is he worthy? To help you, stand in front of the mirror and look at yourself from head to toe. And say, ask yourself, is this man worthy of this package? <laughs> Listen, if he is not worthy, don't do it. It's like casting your pearls before swines. Don't do it. I was talking to two, two of my um, daughters. And I was warning them just this last week, if you bring any man that is not worthy here, you know? And, and I was unpacking it for them and I was explaining to them that, listen, you are going to submit 
to this man for the rest of your life. And as I said that, one of them shifted, chuckled on her seat. <laughs> the weight of that statement hit her. You mean a, some guy is going to call the shots with all this greatness that is in me? Yes. But you better make sure he's worthy before you say yes. If you marry him and he's not worthy, if you come back and say, Pastor, ah, now I now know he's not worthy. No, he is worthy. <laughs> he is worthy. Don't go home and say, oh, ah, I've made a mistake. Pastor, this woman is not worthy. This man is not worthy. If you are married, they are worthy in Jesus' name. Say amen. <laughs> they are worthy. Same thing goes to the guys. You want to marry a lady. I'm not saying you shouldn't marry her. But ask yourself, is this person worthy of this vision? Is this person worthy? Is this person worthy? Is this person worthy? It is so important. I mean, the reason why a lot of people, they say, Pastor, okay, I'm praying. What is God telling me if I'm marrying this person or not? And God is not saying anything to you. You know why? Because God is saying to you, can't you hear my son? Is this the kind of person you should be bringing? This person is not even worthy. So God is not even saying, go and buy the message. And listen to it. Worthiness, you can apply. Ask yourself. You want to enter that business transaction? Ask this person I want to partner with. Is he worthy? Look, I don't care if it's your brother or your sister or your uncle or your father. If you enter into a business deal with someone that is not worthy, you're going to cry coming out. <laughs> this life, worthiness is key. It's totally key. Personally, I'm, I'm, I'm never in a hurry to appoint church leaders. Never. Why? Worthiness. My grandmother used to say that it takes three days to know a thief. It takes seven days to know a witch. Some see discernment sometimes it comes with time. You just need to watch the person. In God's favorite house, for instance, for one year we didn't have ministers and pastors. My wife and I didn't appoint anybody for one whole year. Why? Simple. First Timothy 5.22. Lay hands suddenly on no man. Don't confer honor or authority suddenly on no man. Don't do it. Otherwise, you'll be a partaker. So, how can I become worthy? Or, I'm worthy. Pastor, how can I strengthen my worthiness or increase my worthiness? Four things. And we are done. Number one, accept his worthiness. Accept his worthiness. In Luke 15, 21, that we read, the prodigal son he came to his senses. I'm praying that everyone here that is out of sync with God will come to their senses in the mighty name of Jesus. He says, and his son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you. I am no longer what? Worthy of being called your son. I am no longer worthy means I used to be worthy. So the question is, when was he worthy? When was he worthy? So, 
When did he lose his worthiness as it were? You know, if you understand the scripture, what this boy was saying is true. I know sometimes we try to play down and say that, oh, the boy has always been worthy. Listen, the boy feeding pigs is not worthy. Sleeping with prostitutes is not worthy. And the guy knows that. But he came to his senses. I pray that you will come to your senses today in the mighty name of Jesus. He came to his senses. And his father responded in a way that is totally amazing. I mean, this depicts how God responds to us. What the father was saying, in essence, was this. What makes you my son is not what you do. What makes you my son is who you are. You have my blood in you. That's what makes you my son. So many times, like this boy, we have dirt on ourselves. But the dirt on your, on your, on your shirt does not contaminate the blood in your body. It doesn't. Many times, we are stinking. We have a bad odor. The odor of your body does not contaminate the blood in your system. So God is saying to you, you may be here and thinking, you are not worthy, you are not this, you are not that. I'm saying to you by God that the blood of Jesus cleanses you from all sins. So you have to accept his worthiness because it is one thing to be a lion. It's another thing to live worthy of being called a lion. Dogs eat food from the garbage. So if you have a baby lion, a cub, that grew up with puppies, the, the lion we think is, is a dog. So the dogs are eating poo-poo, the lion too will be eating poo-poo. But as the lion grows, something in the lion, you'll be saying something is wrong with this setup. So when the dogs are going to the, to the dung hill to look for bone that have been thrown away, the lion will be saying, I should be eating fresh, fresh meat. So you can picture on their way to go to eat bones and scavenge in the, in the, in the garbage, the lion looks at one of the dogs. I say, I should actually be eating this one. <laughs> I should actually be eating this one. And when he does, he's behaving worthy of being a lion. So the first thing I must accept is worthiness. The second thing, I must be faithful. I must be faithful. Luke 9, 62 to be worthy, to increase my worthiness, I must be faithful. Luke 9.62 says, But Jesus told him, Anyone who puts his hands on the plow and then looks back is not fit for, is not worthy of the kingdom of God. And the keys to faithfulness are 
loyalty and obedience. Loyalty and obedience. If you have a spouse, a husband or a wife that is not loyal and is not obedient, it cannot be faithful. That's to take it to the bank. Apply this to work home. And we learned last week that Jesus had to learn obedience through the things he suffered. Jesus had to learn obedience. He had a choice. We also, we always have a choice. And the truth is that you are as worthy as you are as obedient. You are not worthy beyond your level of obedience. And that's simple. It's because God does not separate the way we live our lives from what he can achieve through us. God never, he doesn't separate the way we live our lives from what he can achieve through us. He doesn't separate it. Praise the name of the Lord. So, number one, to increase my worthiness, I must what? Number two, I must be faithful. Number three, to increase my worthiness or to be worthy in the first place, I must be competent. I must be competent. And, you know, this again, it's, it's a burden because we see a lot of Christians. I mean, a lot of people, they are good people. They love God, you know, but they are incompetent. They are tongue-talking, but incompetent. A lady was trying to sell something to, to me, and, and, and she was, you know, it was obvious she didn't even really know what she was saying, you know. And she saw that I was switching off, you know, because when I talk to people, one minute, two minutes, three minutes, you are trying to say something, I switch off, because you are wasting my time. She saw I was switching off. So she said to me, eh, but I come to your church. I said, in fact, you've made the matters worse. <laughs> because now I'm ashamed of you. You have to be competent. We have too many competent people. It's, it's scary. And sometimes, many times, it has become a culture. So incompetence is fine. When you frown at incompetence, people think you're a bad person. People say, oh, that guy is too hard. Oh, that guy is never... No, listen. You are incompetent. Be competent. The truth about life is that you cannot rise above your level of competence. You can't. In fact, what I've seen is that people that are promoted, that favor promotes beyond their level of competence, they always find their way back. You know, like water. They say water always finds its level. When favor promotes somebody beyond their level of competence, such people always find their way back to where they belong. In any field. So the problem is not your position. The problem is your competence. The pro- you see, you don't have a money problem. You have a competence problem. The day you solve your competence problem, your money problem will be solved. Uh-huh. The point is this. You have to make up your mind that this one life I am living, I have to be competent in what I have been called to do. If you have been called to be a business person, know it inside out. I mean, for me, it's, it's interesting because it's such a way of life. If, I want to, if I'm interested in a video game, for instance, 
Guess what I do? I read the manual. You read the manual of a video game? Yes, I do. I know all the tricks. That's why I win. Praise the Lord. (laughs) Be competent. Before I gave my life to Jesus, you know, when I was in you know, like I couldn't really understand some Christians. I mean, it's, it, it, it's, it's just, I'm like, who are these people? Where are they from? There's a testimony of a lady that was making the rounds back then. And testimony was this. She, when she was supposed to go for lectures, she wouldn't go for lectures. She would be going for evangelism. Is that not foolishness? That's total foolishness. She was supposed to read her book. She's not reading her book. She's going for night vigil. Is that, is that wisdom? She's supposed to be doing her homework. She's arranging chairs in church. Is that what God has sent us to do? Then she got to the exam hall and she didn't know anything. So she said she, she prayed. She laid hands on her exam sheet and she prayed. Ah, we like prayer. Prayer can never substitute competence. Never. She said she prayed, and this is the testimony. The lecturer saw the empty exam sheet and put two question marks on it. That was wrong with this person. So the person that is marking it was his assistant was recording the scores. So the assistant saw two question marks and recorded 77%. And she gave the testimony and the whole fellowship they were jubilating. And I was like, something is wrong with these people. <laughs> I'm sorry. Something is wrong with these people. We were taught, my mom says, if you are sweeping the floor, make sure you are the best sweeper. She says, if you are, if you are cleaning the windows, make sure that you are the best window cleaner. We, I came up from a place where, where the quality of your work gives glory to your God. And I'm hearing people say, I didn't read. And I got 77%. You know what happened to that girl? It's very simple. Because it's not all exam recorders that will be drunk. If she gets promoted... And there's nothing in our brain. What will happen? Carry over. End of story. You know, so that's why it's not sustainable. What I'm teaching you is in the word of God and it's sustainable. You can replicate it. She can't replicate it. Now, don't, don't look at, I'm sure you know I believe in the supernatural. I'm sure you know I believe in miracles. So I'm not, I'm not downplaying miracles. Could God have done it for her? When we get to heaven, we know. But the point is this. Don't leave your life to chance. Stop the incompetence. Finally, number four. Number one is what? Accept his worthiness. Number two, be faithful. Number three, be competent. Finally, number four, to increase my worthiness to increase my worth, as it, as it were, my, to be worthy, I must sacrifice. 
Sacrifice, number four. You see, the truth is that the gap between where you are right now and where you ought to be cannot be bridged without sacrifice. The gap between where you are and where you want to be cannot be bridged without sacrifice. So you need to check the price tag. For every goal, for every objective, for every vision, there's a price tag. There's a price tag. What is the price? Be willing to pay it. Pay the price. Sacrifice. And please, check the price before you get to the till. Check the price before you get to the cashier, to the counter, to pay. You know? (laughs) I don't know if it has happened to you before. You are behind a queue. It's women that do this thing. Women, I don't know why you people do this. Some of you, not all of you. You are behind a, <laughs> a queue. You are in a queue, rather. And you are behind this lady. She has a trolley filled with stuff. You are, you are in a place. I don't want to mention the name of any shop. But the shop is right. <laughs> and it's about to be your turn. And this woman brings out an item. And the woman, the cashier scans it. I say, ah, ah, 5,000! You people, your market is too expensive. And I'm I'm saying, madam, this thing has a price tag. Check the price before it's time to pay the price. Many times, we live our lives. We don't check the price. Now it's time to pay the price. It's like Jesus says that which of you wanted to build a house does not sit down and count the cost. Can I do this with this? Or can I do this with that? And the truth is that every God-given destiny cannot be attained without sacrifice. Every God-given destiny cannot be attained without sacrifice. Sacrifice releases the power that enthrones and makes ordinary men worthy of extraordinary privileges. Sacrifice. It releases the power that makes ordinary men worthy of extraordinary privileges. Ordinary men. Sacrificial men are governing men. Sacrificial men are ruling men. God wants you to rule. You have to be sacrificial. And your sacrifice just shows your commitment. Your sacrifice for your destiny shows how committed you are to that destiny. Your sacrifice to greatness shows how committed you are to greatness. So, many people, we are not committed to greatness. We are just interested in greatness. A lot of people are just interested in greatness. Oh, it's a good idea. Commitment is different. Because if you are committed, you will always give it whatever it takes. If you are interested, let's say you are interested in something. I've said before, I was walking down the street of some country and I, and I saw a wristwatch. I was interested in that wristwatch. It was a very nice wristwatch. And I got close to the wristwatch. And I saw the price, 24,000 pounds. 
Even though I was interested, what happened to me? I was just whistling. I just hoped <laughs> people will not kill person. I should wear some 24,000 by one hand. Ah, ah. Kill a day. I was just interested. I wasn't committed. There are people that are committed. That's their life. What they will do is they will go and sell their house to kill to pay for it. But when it comes to your destiny, God wants you to pay the price. He wants you to pay the price. And because God depends on the sacrifices of men to establish their destinies. God is depending on your sacrifice to establish your destiny. It's your sacrifice that heaven is waiting for. God depends on sacrifice to establish men's destiny. Heaven yields to the highest bidder who will pay the price. Who will pay the price? In fasting, who will pay the price? The church is about to fast in one week. We will start fasting. And we are excited, aren't we? But some people will stay not fast. They won't pay the price. Fast, oh, our church. That's our church. It's fasting, 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 safe. If you see all our ladies, they are very. Because pastors almost use fasting to kill everybody. <laughs> no, 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 no. Praise the Lord. We are paying the price of a preferred future. Why? Because miracles always happen outside of your comfort zone. Outside of your comfort zone. There's a, you have to pay the price. And it is what you give to God that secures your place. What you give to God is what secures your place. You have to pay the price in prayer. Pay the price in fasting. Pay the price in commitment. Pay the price in study. Study to show yourself approved of God. A workman that needs not to be ashamed right anybody in the word of truth. Study. Pay the price in your giving. Pay the price. There's a price tag. People are like, round up, we'll look at Jesus. Jesus' example is just amazing. Also, like we learned last week, God could have decreed and man would have been restored, but God decided to pay the price. He decided to do things the right way. God, Jesus came. He could have taken back victory on a platter of gold. But Jesus paid the price and went to the cross. Revelations. Chapter 5, verse 1 to 8. Revelations 5, 1 to 8. Now this is, this is John in, 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 in Revelation, in the island of Patmos. He says, then I saw a scroll. Stay with me. In the right hand of the one who is sitting on the throne. There's a throne of God. The Father sits on the throne. He has a scroll in his hands. And there was writing on the inside and on the outside of the scroll. And it was sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel. Not another angel. A strong angel who shouted with a loud voice. Who is worthy to break the seals of this scroll and to open it. But no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll and read it. Let's pause there. Excuse me. That strong angel, why didn't he take it and open it? 
how come there was nobody found in heaven and on earth that is able to open it? Verse 4, it says, Then I began to weep bitterly because no one was found worthy. Destinies are released to men that are worthy. In heaven, do you know why this angel, as strong as it is, cannot just go and grab that scroll? How come nobody on earth could grab this scroll? Because in heaven, you don't take what you are unworthy of. If you try, if you try it, you'll be penalized. To open the scroll and to read it. But one of the 24 elders said to me, Stop weeping. Look, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the heir of David, strong has won the victory. He is worthy to open the scroll and his seven seals. He has won the what? There has to be victory before you are worthy. He won it. He, he won the victory. And he is worthy. Now, interestingly, verse 6, he says that, Then I saw a lamb that looked as if it had been slaughtered, but it was now standing between the throne and the four living beings and among the 24 elders. He had seven horns and seven eyes, which represents the sevenfold spirit of God that is sent out into every part of the earth. He stepped forward and took the scroll. I see you stepping forward and taking hold of your destiny in the mighty name of Jesus. Heaven is asking, are you worthy to step forward and take this scroll? I pray that you'll be found worthy. He took the scroll from the right hand of the one that sits on the throne and he took and when he took the scroll, the four living beings and 24 elders fell down before the Lamb to receive glory, honor, and power. For thou hast been for thy pleasure. worthy. Jesus is worthy. You know, 
I, I remember growing up, I was the third born of six children. I had two senior brothers and three younger ones. And we had our cousins staying with us. And we all used to eat Eba from the same bowl. Eba was our lunch constant, constant. Every day, except Sundays. When we can eat rice or pounded yam. How many people had their bar for lunch here? I mean, okay, okay, we are, I'm not alone here. So, we, we had their bar in the bowl before they used to give us, before they began to distribute it. We used to eat from the same bowl. And the pieces of meat were there. So, we would be working the bar, and when we finished the bar, we would now begin to choose the piece of meat from the eldest to the youngest. And I was number. Uh, uh. In fact, one of my cousins was five days, four days, five days, four. It wasn't complete five days. It was four days and a few hours older than me. <laughs> and she, so my eldest brother would take, my elder brother would take, she would take. How many of you know that by the time you get to number four, it's only the real Meats have been taken. So I've been suffering. I felt I was suffering injustice. <laughs> because in my mind, I'm like, why would they take before me? I couldn't wrap my mind around it. So I, I had a plan. Everybody is eating. Everybody is eating. Everybody is eating. I will target the biggest meat. And when nobody's suspecting, I just take the meat and put it in my mouth. Then what comes there is punches. Boom, boom, boom. They will rush me, beat me up. Mm. I am eating the meat already. If that's the sacrifice, I will pay the price. <laughs> I remember one of such occasions, my immediate elder brother put his hand like this, trying to bring out the meat. The meat has come down. Because I felt they don't deserve to take and choose before me. They are not worthy, that's what I thought. But guess what? Jesus is worthy of our worship. He's worthy. He deserves we are not worshipping him because, because he's just, uh, he says he's God. So we don't have a choice. We are not worshipping him because, because uh, if you don't worship him, he will bully us. We are actually worshipping him. And today's Thanksgiving, we are thanking him and grateful to him because he actually deserves it. He's actually worthy of it. And when you look at that scripture, it says he was introduced as the lion of the tribe of Judah. He says, the lion of the tribe of Judah has prevailed. And, and John said, when I looked, I saw a lamb. He didn't see a lion. He was introduced as a lion. But he saw a lamb that was slain. So, the, the depiction of the lamb that was slain is a pointer to the sacrifice. So Jesus could be addressed as a lion. 
because he could sacrifice and pay the price as a lamb. Your destiny as a lion is only accessible through your sacrifice as a lamb. Jesus could step up and take the scroll. You will step up and take hold of your destiny in the mighty name of Jesus. Let's bow our hearts and bow our heads. I want you to pray about what you have heard this afternoon. I want you to talk to God. Talk to God. You may be here, you are saying, Pastor, I've come to my senses. I want to be worthy to be called the son of God, a child of God. I used to be saved. I used to be with God, but I, I'm vaccinated. But now I want to come back to God. I want to pray with you wherever you are seated. You don't need to come forward wherever you are seated. Pastor, pray with me. Oh, I have never given my life to Jesus. I, I want to give my life to Jesus. I've become worthy in the sight of the most high God. Put up your hand now, wherever you are seated. And I'll pray with you. Yeah, put up your hand, put up your hand. Well, well, God bless you. Put it up, not on your head, over your head. And we'll pray together. That is me. God bless you. God bless you over there. God bless you. Another hand over there. God bless you. That is me. Give the hands up. That is me. Pastor, I, I, I've come to my senses. I'm going. I want to come back home. God is waiting for you. His arms are stretched out wide. If you have the card, you can put down your hand and talk to God. That's all. You don't need to come forward. God bless you. God bless you. Another hand over there. God bless you. Another hand over there. God bless you. Keep the hands up. There's another hand over there. That is me, Pastor. That is me. Pray with me. I want to pray with you. The rest of us, let's just say to God, Lord, make me worthy. Make me worthy. Increase my worthiness, O God of heaven. That I will never lose sight of your worthiness. That I'll be faithful, I'll be loyal and obedient, that I'll be competent, that I'll be sacrificial. Father, we pray for everyone that, has, that is surrounding to, to you, Lord. We ask in the name of Jesus that you accept everyone as you have promised and cleanse them and receive them. That they will put on the robe of worthiness, the signet of authority, in the sandal of protection. In the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we pray for everyone in God's favorite house, everyone sitting in this place, over the internet Lord we ask that you make us worthy of the truth you make us worthy and let your name be glorified honor and glory we give unto you honor and glory we give unto you Lord in Jesus mighty name we are afraid praise the name of the Lord